classic. <laughs> we do love to do that. It's how we open now. I haven't said, hi, Emily, <laughs> in like a hot minute. Um, first off, we have a lot of stuff to explain to you, the listener. Thank you for joining us on this spooky episode of Uh-Oh. First off, hi, Michelle. Hello. <laughs> Second off, Michelle, where are we? We are in my haunted attic. Yeah, <laughs> we sure are. We sure are. Um, This is an attic which we always thought was spooky. There's just a room in here. It's green. It is green. Um, It has like a floor, wallpapered flooring oh, yep. that's floral. It's floral and strategically placed holes. Yeah, Um, it definitely seems like somebody used this as a playroom a hundred years ago mm-hmm. is what I feel like. About, it was it was uh, built in 1920. So Ooh. did it come with those curtains? I Probably. Mean, goddamn, <laughs> does it feel like it? Those curtains were throughout the house, and I took them down because they're because haunted. they are haunted. <laughs> they look all it, they're white and they're kind of see through. They look like ghosts. They I do. just took them. Down. <laughs> um, thank you for having us. In yes, this, in this spooky location for this spooky episode. Absolutely. Um, I hope you like this idea I came up with when I was driving here is that we're going to do Emily checks. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, <laughs> Emily told us um, kindly last night that she doesn't actually like to spend more than a minute in this room. <laughs> but she did say it was cool to record. Yeah, here. we're going to be up here for over an hour. Yeah, so we are, we've great. already been up here for like half an hour. So we are going to check in on Emily um, uh, every bit of time, I yes. think. And this just... is actually the first time I have set foot in this room. That's every oh, other yeah. time. I that's... just look in. I go, cool. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Actually, no. We'll just. Yeah, that's right. I, I. It was like a group of us coming in here, and I remember you just like turning around yeah. and scurrying down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's get a baseline, Emily. Check. Mm. I mean, how you doing? Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Do you have anything more descriptive? <laughs> Maybe Not we should uh, uh, be like on a scale from one to ten. Oh, one um, being you're totally normal, everything's fine. Ten is you have to get out of this room. I have to. Get I'm out. at about a two right now. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I love okay. that. All right. If you don't mind, we'll just keep doing that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Next. We're starting with Vizzy. We are. We're drinking Vizzy's today. Thank they're you. They're special. Uh, they're all watermelon flavored, but they're watermelon with another fruit. Yeah. Watermelon. I, <laughs> watermelon. I got a blueberry <laughs> and a watermelon. A mango. <laughs> and a watermelon. Uh, another a mango watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's so crisp in my ears. Yeah. You're going to want one as you're editing this. Absolutely. I don't think this tastes like piss. <laughs> Last night I thought it tasted like piss. <laughs> really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would if you thought that about these, I would have drank your mango. No, one. it was the first time I felt this way oh. about the mango water malones. Oh, okay. I was a different person last night. You were. We all were. <laughs> it wasn't like we got absolutely trashed or anything. No. But there was drinking involved while we played games, which was very fun. The stakes were high. I'm still mad at Lincoln. Um, oh man. Yeah, we made enemies last night and we didn't mm-hmm. even play coup. No. <laughs> like, coup we, was there, we, but we didn't play it. We played a, um, one I can't remember because I called Betrayal it Jimmy, and House of the Hill. Okay, it's called Jimmy Buffett's Betrayalville and I can't ever think of any other name. So, and, and, and there really was a betrayal. There really fucking was. It really, like, like our friend Lincoln really did our friend Emily dirty. <laughs> 
So yeah, that's what we were doing. Now we're back doing spooky shit. Yeah. It ain't even Halloween times uh, for us. But when we release this, it's going to actually be October 31st. So hell yeah. Let's just like really let the spooky vibes soak in. Do we want to talk about why my attic is haunted? Oh yeah, we do actually. Let's, let's do that. Let's do that first. Uh, This was just uh, last week. I was uh, sitting in my living room. I had I didn't have anything going on in the TV. I was kind of between shows, you know, like I was on Hulu, then I was going to go to Netflix, and I was just in, so it was quiet. And my husband was taking a nap, and above me, which is just out there outside of this room, <laughs> I heard <laughs> like shoes, like a, a dragging across the floor, and then a click and drag and click, like across across the floor above me it is the creepiest kind of footstep yes the dragon click dragon click i'm not a fan generally speaking no no and i and i was kind of at first just kind of looking up at the ceiling saying that's the roof right (laughs) that's just the roof there's it's just like a big ass bird up it's like a big bird up there just uh (laughs) dragging something i don't know but as it went on i uh started to get a little freaked out and then it stopped and then I went into the bedroom where my husband was. I said, oh, I heard a noise upstairs and it really freaked me out. And he just smiles at me and goes, are you okay? <laughs> what a condescending bastard. Oh, God. I said, I'm, I'm a little scared. And he's like, it's fine. It's the attic. The door to the attic is in our bedroom. He's like, somebody's up there going to kill me first. And I just went, oh, and then I left the bedroom. And then, and then you then, sent a text. And th- yes. And then I sent a text <laughs> to uh, a few people, including these two. And then I, <laughs> I took video of another noise I heard, which was booming, like banging noises from up here. And it's very faint. And some people don't hear it. AKA my husband and Lincoln last night. He's like, no, you know, sorry, I don't I don't hear it. What's odd is like I do I do hear those things. I think if you are like not a believer in that stuff, you could explain it a lot of ways. But I did hear it. It is a physical noise on there. I do wonder about the um how good either your husband or Lincoln's ears are anymore. Given yeah. their proclivities for music. Yes. <laughs> I just kind of think that maybe they can't fucking hear that good. But there was, there is a distinct like and it's not that loud, no. but it is three knocks. It is. It is. The, like the footstep noises I have not I have not heard since. And I haven't heard any banging since. And you've been here since April and you haven't heard anything else. Correct. Right. This is the first time I've heard anything. I haven't seen anything. There have been a couple times where I will be like, oh, I thought I shut that light off. Or I thought I <laughs> took that off of there or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like in my logical brain, I'm like... You thought you did, but you didn't. And I just didn't think anything of it. Right. Um, but. But sometimes maybe. things, you hear noises. Yeah. And, like, I have no, like, special, like, ability. No. This sensitivity is is Emily's thing mm-hmm. more. Can mm-hmm. we get a quick Emily check? <laughs> <laughs> Still hanging out at about a two. Cool. Yeah, because she's good. already heard, she already heard that story. Right. She heard the she heard the noises. That's not new info. Yeah, so that's good. So we good. So yeah, that's um that's why we're here. That's today. why we're here. Yeah, because that's why we wanted to. And I will like I am pointed towards the door. So if I see movement behind Taylor, please do tell a bitch. Eh. She needs to know. I didn't tell you I saw a ghost in your old house. Oh, hello. 
We have a uh, delivery. A daiquiri delivery. A daiquiri delivery. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He just slinked out of the room. Did he hear the manservant comment? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if he listens to this, he will. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, that was fucking awesome. Um, Cheers, bitches. Let's see how this tasted. Oh, my. Oh, boozy. Ooh, Ooh, good. Yep. That is good, though. I really like that. Are y'all ready? I'm yeah. ready. Y'all ready for this? I think we decided that regardless of who's actually supposed to go, I should go first and you should end because yours is spooky scary. Yeah. And mine's just, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I gave Kat a synopsis and she was like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Absolutely not? Nope. <laughs> Let's do this. First off, I apologize. <laughs> this this whole thing is not the light. Like it's not. It's not good. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> this is not the light. <laughs> it's October thirty first, nineteen eighty four. Hey Taylor, is that the entire reason this story's in here? Kinda. <laughs> But it is October 31st, 1984. It is Halloween. And Brian Massey is eight years old. And he has two older sisters, 11-year-old Tamara Jo and 10-year-old <laughs> Tiffany Dawn. <laughs> we love it. The three of them lived with their 28-year-old mother, Jean. Three children, 28. My mom was 23 when she had three children. So. I mean, that's like Jake's mom too. Like, yeah. Either way, <laughs> in your twenties with three children, it's a lot. Suck. It's a lot. Yeah. And they also lived with their new stepfather. I do not know what happened to their bio dad, um, but their mother Jean had recently remarried a man named David Leroy Andrews. I I do have three names for him, so if that tells you something, they live outside of Wagstaff, Kansas. Wagstaff. Wagstaff, Kansas. It's Halloween, like I said. So I would have hoped, honestly, like that these kids would have had, like, to go out trick or treating. They'd be wearing their costumes, or maybe they'd yeah. just go to hang out with their friends wearing right. costumes. Something, I, I something heard something fun. Yeah, something awesome. But I, I never heard any like word of if they were wearing costumes or anything like that. And I think it's kind of because there was a really bad storm that night, like thunder and lightning and heavy rain and wind. So probably nobody was out trick or treating, which is tragic, honestly. No, it really is. Um. And I do know, we do know that Tiffany, um, one of his older sisters, had tried to make plans to go to her best friend's house that night to spend the night, but her friend Kathy already had plans. So everybody's just hanging around in the house that night. Kind of a depressing night for a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't know what this night was supposed to look like, but unfortunately we know a lot about what it ended up being. So earlier that evening... <laughs> That's not great. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to shoot the shit with you right now. It's not good. <laughs> so earlier that evening, Jean and her new husband, um, who I will refer to now by last name, Andrews, that is also an indicator to listeners on our podcast that this is not a good guy. Um, they'd gotten into a fight. She'd kicked him out of the house. She told him she was going to leave him. You know, get out. Don't come back. And I... I learned later, and I couldn't help but wonder, that maybe Jean was kicking Andrews out because she'd finally learned the details of how he'd come to Kansas. 
Uh-oh. That he was, in fact, an escaped convict who had, who had fled Camp Lehman in Michigan in 1983, one year beforehand, and then just come to Kansas, and they just hadn't found him until the summer of that year that they were married, when he was arrested in Kansas, and then the Michigan Department of Corrections was like, hey, that's, got, that's, got, that's our guy. We, we had him, and then we didn't have him, <laughs> and now he's over there. Can we have him again, please? <laughs> the 80s is wild. <laughs> 80s were wild because it failed. They failed to extradite a man who was already convicted of a crime and should have been in prison. What? So they released him. What? In Kansas. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in 1984? In 1984. I have no idea what crime he was already convicted of, but he was supposed to be in prison, and then he just wasn't, and they... Some some argument was made. I don't know if they like went to court about it or something. Something bad happened, clerical error even, and this man just gets out of being in prison. I'm sorry, a clerical error should not keep you out of prison. It does. It should <laughs> never be happen. surprised. And yet, it defense does. attorneys love that shit. Oh, absolutely. They're looking. They're looking for anything. I don't even know if he had an attorney for this. I don't even know if he's involved. You know. Or if other people are deciding, are we going to extradite this man to Michigan or not? Turns out, no. Either way, they release his ass out onto the Kansas streets where he continues to just be around three young children and a young mother. Maybe maybe she'd learned about that and that's why she's kicking him out. Sure. Maybe. Or maybe Gene was just tired of the abuse. There was definitely that going on because... Golly uh, G. Willikers, he's not a good man. Yeah, he's not like a good guy. Weird. Um, he was a heavy drinker. He was physically and verbally abusive to her. He was disdainful of Tiffany and Tamara. And and Jean didn't, maybe didn't know this. Maybe she did. It's really hard to know. But he was also sexually abusing her son, Brian. So maybe that's why he was. she was like, get the fuck out of my house and don't come back. We don't know for sure. Either way, Andrews did leave their house after being told to. And for a few hours, everything was quiet until he came back. No. I know. No. Several hours later, Andrews, allegedly drunk as fuck, those are his own words, like he's he was really drunk and therefore that excuses everything, Man. he comes back to the house to continue their argument, which quickly becomes violent because he's a real bastard. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's putting it lightly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Already we know that's pretty light. Um, Brian, again, eight years old, would later describe watching his mother. This is not the light. <laughs> that's mm. mm-hmm. so. And uh, so, <laughs> Brian remembers watching his mother reach for the home phone. He thought to call his grandpa. That might be an eight-year-old thought. She was probably calling the police. Yes. Um, when Andrews raised a knife and stabbed her 30 times, and she died there on the carpet next to the phone. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Brian then describes his sisters running for cover in their own bedroom. He said, quote, they knew what was going to happen to them. And he, meaning Andrews, entered the room of Tamara and Tiffany and stabbed them both to death as well. Their bodies were later found in the corner of the room, stuffed between the wall and their bed. Um, it's possible that that's where they were hiding. Like, yeah. they were just already there. Oh, my there. God. Yeah, yeah, I know. This possible. is so shitty. I'm uh. sorry. <laughs> um, 
And then, and then Andrews came for Brian. Quote, he didn't have any remorse. There was only a savage presence about him. Brian expected to also be killed, but he wasn't. In a post I found that Brian made on a listicle of like worst Kansas murderers, like they listed a bunch of like well-known, including BTK, Kansas murderers. He, he makes mention in the comments of like, really glad you didn't meet my stepfather because he's not on this listicle and he should be. (laughs) And then he tells the story. Some, you know, Brian has been through a lot. Let's talk about it. So Brian's in this, I know, in this uh, comment, I warned you. I'm Mm -hmm, just saying, mm -hmm, keep mm -hmm. picking your daiquiri and we'll get through this. Yeah, I'm a little drunk now. Yeah. Also, just so you both know. Something just touched the back of my head. No! no. <laughs> the face of my neck. Can we get an Emily check? <laughs> um, still about a f- three, three or four. Okay. Doesn't seem malicious. So okay. No. Yeah. Just, just saying hi, maybe. Curious. Yeah, curious. That's fun. So hi. Um, well, uh, while we're don't touch me. I don't like to be touched. Well, Hello, while you. we're um, while we're um, in a little bit of a break, I just want to bring up that this happened about two hours away from where I was born. Mm. In 1983. Really? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Ooh, that is ooky spook. Yeah. Yeah. Like... I, I looked at that's I pulled out my phone and I was like, Wagstaff, Kansas to Fort Riley, Kansas. Oh. Two hours and 18 minutes away. <laughs> one year but later. What? Yeah, that's one year later because I don't think we spent a lot of time in Kansas after I was born. Sure. Because it was army base and, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. So I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. What? Because <laughs> I have a winky ding. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've got nothing connecting me to this. You don't either, right? So it's Mm -mm. funny that our our guest does. Interesting. (laughs) Ookie spooks. Um, Okay, let's let's learn about what happened. Poor little Brian. I know. Poor little Brian. So he says in that um, post that I found, quote, the smell of blood was all over the place and it did not make this man change his plans. They stayed in that house, according to Brian, for like eight hours. I guess Andrews is just figuring shit out, sobering up, understanding what has happened and figuring out a plan. And he has not come for Brian? No. Okay. Brian's just there with him. He is not attempted to kill him. He doesn't seem like he's going to right now. But Brian is like, he does say in other things that he is acutely aware that at any moment he could just change his mind. But really what seemed to upset Brian the most in this post is that they stayed in that house where everything smelled like blood and death for eight hours and Andrews didn't seem to mind. So after eight hours of this, um, Andrews tells Brian, if you don't listen and obey, I am going to kill you. And he puts Brian in his car and they start driving toward Port Huron, Michigan. This is the second story, I believe, in a row that I have done where somebody has tried to take a minor to Michigan after, like, being there in jail and then being somewhere else and then going back to Michigan. I don't know why. What up, Michigan? Yeah, Michigan's got a lot of jails or whatever, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what up, all the prisons? Hey, that's it. That's all we've got over there. So sorry, Michigan. You deserve better. Um, okay, so, meanwhile... Early in the morning of November 1st, so we're just talking about like, you know, four or five in the morning, the cops are called to Brian's family home. I I don't know why they're called. I don't know if like a neighbor was finally like, some stinks over there or what. But new to the force officer, Randy Cornelius, 
Great last name. <laughs> was the first one on the scene. Like, this is one of the first things he was ever at as far as a crime scene. And he finds the bodies of Jean, Tamara, and Tiffany. Quote, there wasn't a wall in that house that didn't have blood on it. That's a lot. That's a lot of blood. That's a lot of blood. That's a lot of blood. With Andrews and Brian nowhere to be seen, and with Andrews' criminal history, they start looking at him, obviously, as suspect number one immediately. They're not, did you just get touched by something No, my arm is burning. It's fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. It happens sometimes. Okay, so this is... This is no, just an inside your body thing. No. <laughs> no? It happens no, it sometimes. Just happens when, sometimes when I'm, yeah. When there's a ghost yeah, present? Just... <laughs> oh, weird. Keep going. Um, Keep going. I'm sorry if you don't like this story. I also don't like it. I'm not telling <laughs> no, it because we're... I like it. <laughs> we are sorry. We're yeah, in a we are podcast. super sorry. The, the pod... <laughs> there's this the whole true, true crime phenomena going on right now where we all talk about the worst shit we've ever heard to feel better uh, about our lives. Right. <laughs> We don't really... condone it. No. We just talk about it and make it make people aware of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm not on it. I'm I'm just on this one. Because <laughs> exactly. I live yeah. here. That's right. That's right. We're all looking up at the You're ceiling right that. now. I know. It's like as if they're just like up there somewhere. Um <laughs> They're probably just standing right behind Emily. We should yeah, probably just look back there. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Fine. So the police are not dumb in this one instance. They're like, it's that well, that's guy. Good. It's that one that's guy. Good. <laughs> it's the same dude we would always think of as being the violent killer in this situation. It's Andrews. So they go and search for Andrews and Brian. It starts immediately. But Andrews has a head start, so he actually does make it all the way to Port Huron, Michigan. Fuck him. This is also not the light. Uh. Brian stated later that despite being on the run, Andrews did stop multiple times to sexually assault him on yep. the way. Oh, yep. God, no. Yep. That is another, it's another parallel with the other story yep. I told. Yeah, because you just we just can't be stopped when we're really, really horrible. It doesn't matter how, how in danger our own lives are. We're still going to assault children when we feel like it because well, we are monsters. That's kept him alive. Yes. Uh, so. Poor Brian. I know. Poor fucking Brian. Damn it. No. Brian said, quote, I was put into a situation where I had to survive. It was all about survival. So he basically just does what he's told. He keeps his head down and he waits. That's what you do in this situation for the most part. He, it is 1984, not parallel with my other story, which was in like 2017. That girl had a cell phone. She was texting her boyfriend. She was killing (laughs) it. She got saved. She got saved. Brian doesn't have that. There is no cell phone. Right. And he's eight. And he's eight. So... Stuff's tougher for him. So he's just chilling. He's doing his best. He's just listening and doing as he's told, which is probably the best thing you can do in that situation. So they were going, it turns out, to Andrews's sister's house. I guess that's where they're from, is that area in Michigan. And Andrews leaves Brian inside her home, and he gets a gun, and he goes outside, and he attempts to commit suicide. Like a big old fucking asshole. Yep. Attempts to. Attempts to. Mm-hmm. Fortunately for justice, but unfortunately for like the net good of humanity as a whole, he does not die attempting this. So does he? He, he lives. fucks up killing he fucks himself up so hard that I didn't even hear he was injured. <laughs> like I got nothing on injury. He is very good, unfortunately, at killing other people. Is super bad at killing himself. Like, Shocker! What a big fucking coward! What a man! Anyway. <laughs> 
So, yeah, he does not die. And then he is later apprehended by Michigan law enforcement. Brian is found safe, but extremely traumatized, obviously. Yes. Inside the sister's house. Can't even imagine what it's like to be the sister in this moment. Mm. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Don't mention her at all. Literally does not talk about her. I want to know her whole deal. Is she also terrible? Is she, is that the worst day of her life? Like, I have no idea. Yeah, is she terrible or was she also a victim of his abuse? Exactly. Feel really bad either way. Um, So, this time, Andrews is extradited back to Kansas, weirdly enough, completely uh, normally, the way you would when someone's committed a crime in another state, you're just supposed to extradite them. (laughs) For some reason, we couldn't do it from Kansas to Michigan, but we do it from Michigan to Kansas just fine. Hey, Michigan? <laughs> we know Michigan. We know Michigan's not okay. <laughs> no, we, we know Michigan that. Michigan has not been okay and for a very really long time. And if we're real about it, neither's Kansas, and we know that yeah. inside our hearts. <laughs> I know that inside my heart for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Brian is taken back to Kansas to uh, stay with his grandparents, Roy and Joyce. So he is in a safe place, which is good. Okay, Those are so the parents of his. They are safe. Yeah. They are safe people. He's good. Those are the parents of his mother. So those are okay. decent okay. human beings and, and good people. I mean, he's be. not good, but he's well, going to be... He's he's alive. Physically safe. He's, <laughs> he, yeah. He is immediately safe in, in the physical sense. Okay. That is very true, yes. Good. So police opt not to question Brian too heavily about what happened, which I actually think is kind of them. They don't always do that. Right. Um, they will question somebody wow. if they really think it is necessary. Showing discretion in the 80s. I know, right? Ooh. Ooh. Discretion in the 80s band name called it. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I do like it. Andrews is extradited, like I said. Um, they attempt to put Andrews away for these are what they try to try him on. These are the counts. So it's three counts of first degree murder, which is very hard to prove. Yep. Um, sodomy and kidnapping. A federal crime because he did bring that child across many state lines. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. if this happened, if the, that went through, he would have had two trials. One state and one federal. But they're having a hard time getting all that. They're worried they're going to have to put Brian on the stand in order to have enough evidence. They never find the murder weapon, which um, wasn't revealed until much, much later when Brian was able to speak about it when he's an adult, that he that Andrews chucked the uh, murder weapon, the knife he used, away in like a dumpster halfway to Michigan. So they were never going to find it. It was nowhere they were ever going to figure it out. Um, but they because they couldn't find it, they didn't have a ton of evidence. Also, there's no DNA analysis at this point, so they can't find... They would have to find his blood amongst the bl- all the other blood in the house to prove Which isn't he was there. too hard considering stabbing. Right. And he, they did say he hurt his hand. Yes. But they never, they could never differentiate. Blood they figure it out. Would that even work? Because he used to live there. So it's, he cuts himself shaving. His blood's in the bathroom. He can't, you know, he can't prove anything. I think, I think a defense lawyer could argue that. Yeah. I also think that a defense lawyer could argue even better against DNA evidence. It's yeah. like, yeah, of course his DNA's in the house. He fucking lives there. Yeah. Right. But blood, it's like, if he had a pool of blood on the floor near someone else's pool of blood, like, okay, he was that, definitely there. Right. But they just couldn't differentiate. He didn't have enough anywhere. If he had blood splatter, it was amongst all the other fucking blood splatter. So they didn't, they, they didn't have enough unless he took some sort of deal. Which, fortunately, he did. So he took a deal saying he would plead guilty to three counts of second-degree murder, which, for anybody who doesn't know, is 
when you're not premeditating the murder, you just murder somebody, heat of the moment type of thing. First degree is when you have thought about it. Yeah. And you've planned it. And you can prove the planning. Yeah. Which is really hard to do. It's really hard to do. Like, you can't prove someone planned a murder unless they're, like, a serial killer. They wrote down in a fucking notebook yeah. that right. they were going to kill this or lady. it's, like, BTK sending poems. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's a reason that you won't see a lot of people, like, the Chauvin trial. They didn't go for a murder in the first degree because that was going to get the charge thrown out because they were not going to be able to prove it because he didn't. Right. Go in it's saying I'm really, going to kill someone today. It's it really risky. So is it? Is it because in this, this situation, it's not heat of the moment murder because he left for several hours and came back right. drunk. So is the they, argument that the he thing, was drunk and that's why it's second yeah. degree? Yeah. Yes. Um. That he was impaired. That was part of his defense. Also, there was mention of like his um his own intelligence not being enough. Like he might be too low on the at this point they probably were using iq as a scale he was too low on the iq scale to to like count for that it was a little slow as we would it have said it wasn't something then. he could have premeditated he couldn't have planned this yeah because he didn't have the mental faculties but either Fucked way up. he did he did plead guilty to three counts of second degree murder that also means he did not have to be tried for sodomy or kidnapping which means no federal trial what good for him great Brian, how did they even strike that deal because that's not because done by the same district attorney oh yeah i know they were they were worried that they would have to put brian on the stand to prove anything at all and that would be really traumatizing for that kid so they let that happen now in June of 1985, Andrews is sentenced to 15 years in prison per murder count. So a total of 45 years. He is eligible for parole. Of course he is. Oh my God. Fuck face. Killed three women yeah. in cold blood. Yeah. Stabbed one of them 30 times. Yeah. Eligible for parole though. Yeah. <laughs> it's the 80s. What's and the up? whole fucking like extra, the extraditing thing. The fact that he's already a criminal <laughs> and right. should have been serving time when he right. committed a murder. And yeah. I really want to know what else he did. I know, me too. I tried. Clearly it's something that it's probably this bad. Normally that would be the end of my story. And it's not like things get really bad here, but I do think it's important to note um, from a survivor point of view that because this man did not get life in prison, because he's eligible for parole, in 45 like 45 years was his total sentence so you're eligible originally he would have been eligible for parole starting in 2017 but while he was in prison kansas passed a new ordinance ordinance stating that certain people with certain crimes are eligible for parole after 50 percent of their term is served which is fucking insane (laughs) because apparently one of those crimes that's eligible is second-degree murder. Oh, my <laughs> so, God. So he was eligible first for parole in 2007. So that's cool and fine. Probably fine. <laughs> Emily has just placed her hand like on, between us on the table. And I can't tell if it's because a ghost is touching her or because she's so mad. Por que no los dos? <laughs> Por que no los dos? <laughs> so as of right now... Andrews has gone up for parole twice. Obviously, I'm talking 2007. He clearly didn't get it because he went up again in 2017. Oh, God. Both times, many people came forward to testify that this man should not be let out of prison. No shit. This includes now-retired Deputy Randy Cornelius, who was first on the scene and is like, absolutely not. I am retired now, and I still think of that case every day. Like, that (sighs) one fucked me up, and I was new, and I never forget. First on the scene of, like, fucking traumatic 
multiple yeah. homicide. It's a lot it's everywhere. A lot. Yeah. Like you never, you never forget that. Um, that also included Kathy Meyer, who is Tiffany's childhood best friend and who she almost made plans to stay the night with. And so Kathy Meyer has felt like shit her entire life for not letting that girl come over to her house to sleep over. Oh she God. used to have nightmares. Oh yeah. She said, quote, Tiffany was more than my best friend. She was my sister. And after she was killed, I had nightmares for over a year. If you let that monster out of jail on good behavior, I guarantee you he will kill again. Yeah. Friends of Tamara and then family of their mother, Jean, also testified saying like, no, this man was a monster. Don't do not let this happen. Brian and his aunt also testified at both hearings. Brian spoke in 2017 for over two hours, just just detailing literally everything that happened, which not everybody can do ever. He's much older now. He's a full adult, but most people could never talk about it the way he has to talk about it. So he talked for a long time. Wow. Yeah. And the good news is that Andrews was not granted parole in 2017 either. And he is not eligible again until 2027. And how old is he? His actual sentence will end in 2029. So if he even doesn't get parole two years later, he's out. Just because he will have served the full time, he will be 71 at that time. I'm perfectly capable of doing this again. Still, we we know old man killers. They absolutely are perfectly capable. Golden State Killer in his fucking cell was covering up light sources, dimming lights like he did in crime scenes. And stalking the cage like a fucking cheetah. Yeah. Like, don't even think that old men can't do murder. Once a bastard, always a bastard. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. So there's, no, there's not much they can do to keep him in after his sentence is over, but they have successfully kept him in jail for 20 extra years. Um, that's really good. Yeah. Um, Maybe so. he'll die. I'm really just kind of hoping that he fucking dies yeah. in jail. That'd be really nice. So finally, I'll just say, like, before testing, testifying in uh, 2017, Brian went with his aunt to his sister's and mother's gravestones to ask for their help to get through the testimony, to get through this, like, over and over again. They've had to do this. So he asks his mom for strength. And Brian said he came away from it feeling much better. He had spoken with his mother Quote, she told me to be strong. She told me that she lives with me in my heart. Oh, yeah. So that's nice. We love you, Brian. Yeah. Brian, I hope you're doing okay, buddy. Me too. I know. it's um, That was a really tough one. Um, but I just felt like when I was reading it, like, this happens on Halloween and it is a horror story. Like, it is truly, like, some real horror movie shit. Yeah. Yeah. This, living like, through that. He'll never be, he, like, I'm sure he never enjoyed Halloween ever again. Oh my god, right? It's like, pretend Halloween doesn't exist. Yeah. Mm. Okay, anyway. So, anyway. Um, that was a very depressing story, but um, thank you to Brian Massey for existing and for being a very strong person. Yeah. You go, Brian. Do you want one, first of all, Emily Check. Mm, I'm gonna say a 5.5 to a 6. Ooh. Okay, we're getting there. Well, at one point there were hands on my shoulders. Are you sure? Like, <laughs> down. I'm like, yeah, okay. Okay. You're here. Cool. Is there anything you'd like to Fine. say to the yeah. entity? Not on mic. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna harp noise. Okay. Um, and... <laughs> We'll just come back and everything will be fine. <laughs> On the upside, not malicious. Hey, love that. We yeah, I know. Love I love that. that. I, yeah. do, I do love that. We do love it. All right. Thank <laughs> Do you want to send us? <laughs>
Downstairs in our harp noise, uh huh. There was a very Nothing loud happened. knock on the floor. Very loud, like loud enough that I was like, "Oh, somebody upstairs is moving around." And then I remembered, you don't have a upstairs; you have an attic where yep. no one else is. Yep, I don't live in an apartment anymore, and I'm just very happy that there were other people that heard it. So he's on the move. That's okay. He's on the move. That's fine, bud. You do you and we'll do us and then we'll get out of your space. But also if you like this, I I mean, I hope that maybe this has alleviated um, some boredom. Groups of us have been up here in this room before. I won't say what we were doing up here, but Mm -hmm. we were hanging out up here. I think he liked having a group of people up here, honestly, whoever this is. Yeah. Okay. Any who's yeah. So are we about to get um, upset and also uh, scared out of our pants? Mm-hmm. Good. Did he touch you again? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Bud, <laughs> chill <laughs> for like a minute. Now this one has to tell a story. Yeah. So. Yeah. I have to focus now. <laughs> so you can go touch Taylor. <laughs> we did not say that. I live here. You can touch me. There we go. Just for right now, though. Don't do. Don't make a habit of it. <laughs> All right, this story is mostly for Michelle because I saw it and I was like, oh, this is kind of hilarious, but not in like a good way. This is for Michelle. It's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. Not well. <laughs> oh. Good. At least you know. <laughs> at least you know. This is not meant as a compliment. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's anyway. uh, start with a quote. Scare me. <clears throat> okay. Good. <laughs> Now I feel safe. I'll have a better home than I have had in years. It's the 17th of October, 1941. That's today. Ooh. That's today. That's literally today. <laughs> but in 41 times. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, a man named Phil Peters was alone at his house on the north side of Denver. Um, his wife was in the hospital recovering from a fractured hip. They're older, in their 70s, or as it's called septuagenarian. Oh, sure, when you're in your 70s. Yeah. And because this is the 40s, men did not cook for themselves. No. And you did no. not know how to operate an oven or no, a stove. Because you'd have to, like, light the burner. Yeah. And men aren't taught to do that. No. And if you know how to do that, people have questions. <laughs> so, are, like, are you gay and right. can we persecute you in some way? Right, because it's the 40s. <laughs> How dare you be self-sufficient? Um, so he was retired. He's a retired railroad official and had been getting his evening meals from the neighbor while his wife was in the hospital. Mm. So one evening, the 17th, mm-hmm. he didn't come for dinner. He didn't come to get his dinner. Neighbor waited, see if he'd turn up. And the neighbor knew, like, Phil had been struggling with being alone in the house, you know. That's one of those things when people have been married for decades. They just get used. They get so used to each other. And back then, they may not have ever lived alone in their mm-hmm. entire lives. They, mm-hmm. they lived with their family, and then they got married. They never have been alone. So his neighbor was worried that he was either depressed or that he could have taken a fall down the stairs and hurt himself, you know. Anything. Like, yeah. he's alone in this house 
She's concerned. So she tried to check on him, found all the lights were turned off and was concerned because like he would have come by and at least let them know, hey, I don't need dinner tonight. Right. So she was like, "Okay, well, I'm going to try and get some other neighbors to try and see if Mr. Peters is okay." Everything was locked up. Eventually, one person did manage to get a window screen pulled up to get inside. Oh, wow. Okay. And it was not good. Oh. No. oh. Um, she found <clears throat> Mr. Peters in a pool of blood. Oh, shit. Dead. And was screaming her head off, obviously. Yeah. That's not what you expect to find. Mm -mm. And they'd found he had been viciously murdered. Even though the house is all locked up. The house is completely locked up. All of the lights are turned off. As if he'd just been in there, like, going to bed or Mm -hmm. something. Um, He had over a dozen skull fractures, unfortunately. Along with many more bruises and lacerations. Um, So, unfortunately, his end was very violent. They're thinking like blunt force trauma to the head kind of death. Yeah. That continued after he had passed. Jesus. Um, So nothing looked like it was stolen. There was no indication that this was a burglary burglary gone wrong or someone broke in. Right. No signs of forced entry. So the police were like, "Mm." so... (laughs) You know? Great. Thanks, yeah. police. They're just right. like, well, whatever happened, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go home. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Marge is making a pot roast. <laughs> so they like Dude. let people, I'm assuming, clean up the crime scene. Wow. Oh, my God. And a few months later, Mrs. Peters came home from the hospital. Oh. And came back to the house, which they had shared since 1899. <gasps> wow. And you said this was the 40s. Yeah. 50 fucking years. Holy shit. So rumors had started spreading around the neighborhood. The house was unoccupied while she was in the hospital and her husband had been murdered. Mm -hmm. But children were reporting seeing lights flickering on and off in one of the windows. Hmm. Now, then a lady from the neighborhood claimed she saw a ghostly face peering at her from one of the darkened windows. Okay. Okay. So this has become the haunted house on mm-hmm, the block. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. That's fun. But mm-hmm. Mrs. Peters was like, no, it's okay. I'm going to go home. And she didn't let anyone scare her off from living in that fucking house by herself. I mean, it's her house. She's also probably owned it for the last 25 yeah. years. Like, she's not just going to leave. Unfortunately, because she was on her own, she did have another minor fall. Oh, no. Damaged her hip again. No. But refused to go back to the hospital. Because she'd be there for months. Right. So instead, her family was able to get the help of a home care nurse, and then they brought in a housekeeper who then lived on site in one of the spare rooms. It's weird what people used to do in the 40s. Right. When we just had, like, money. Right. Like, just, like, <laughs> middle class people had, yes. like, money. This arrangement didn't last super long. Oh, Okay. Oh. Because, like, soon the nurse started hearing strange scratching noises from inside the walls. Uh Uh-oh. And then found objects that were left out of place in the mornings. Hmm. And, like, she's the one who would know. Like, 
I, I set your medications over here, and now they're over here. What the fuck? A quote. <laughs> Just a few minutes ago, I heard a sort of tapping. I had heard it before, but I thought it was only some woodpeckers. But this time, I walked into the kitchen, and I saw the door to the stairway that leads upstairs slowly open. Cool. Mm-hmm. A foot came out. <laughs> Taylor's looking at me. Literally taking the door. And, and then I saw. A playful ghost. Is he gonna? <laughs> no, he's over here. <laughs> <laughs> he's intrigued by the story. It's yeah, fine. He is, yeah. He's just reading ahead. Uh-huh. A foot came out. And then I saw a thin white hand on the door. No. no. I screamed. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle and I are having the exact same reaction for the last three minutes. Right. <laughs> I screamed. And the man ducked back into the stairwell, and I heard him running up the steps. Shut up. Come <sighs> on. That's so no, much. No, 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 That's no. so much at once. That's so many things to yes. happen at once. The nurse noped out of there. <laughs> yeah. As would I. She That's was enough. like, That's uh-uh. Enough. I don't get paid enough to deal with ghosts. Yeah. No one <laughs> ha- like, ever has. No. And then gave them her resignation letter. It was like, nope. Thank oh, you. We used Bye. To resignation letter. Isn't yes. that nice? <laughs> resignation <laughs> reason. I saw a ghost. Fuck no. Thanks. Signed me. Out. She never set foot back in that house. Mm-mm. Like, she was like, uh uh-uh. uh. Good Fuck for this her. Shit Good I'm for out. her. You know what? If I saw what she saw, I would be out too. <laughs> I'd just be out. I would get I my can't. purse. I would get my keys. <laughs> I would, I would just, get my phone and I'd I would get like, the fuck out of there. I'd be like, bitch, I love you. But this is not it. This isn't it No, for me. no. This is not where I'm supposed to be. This is not for me. Get someone else. Goodbye. <laughs> so obviously the police were called. No shit. But by the time they arrived, no sight of any intruder. Of course. And they were just like, you're just being silly. This is just superstition. <laughs> it's fine. It's nothing. It's fine. Oh, no. So one of the neighbors decided to take up the the place of the nurse rather than leaving the poor old woman alone in the house yes yeah, seriously and, and this it, woman isn't the one reporting no the shit no and it wasn't long before the neighbor who was helping also had her own experience oh jesus <laughs> she heard something topple over downstairs late at night and she crept down the stairs to see what was going on why I would stay in my room. I it's a know. very, you know what? It's a very white reaction. You know, if you're like a, a messy bitch like, who loves the drama, you're going to go downstairs. You're a messy Here's bitch and I love it. Like, black people, when they hear a sound, they just stop moving. Yeah, that's not the case. I mean, I may look very white, but that's exactly what I would do. <laughs> I would not go check it out. I would. I think I'd stop moving, but then I would wait. And if I didn't hear it again, I would go check it out. <laughs> Which is the problem. I'd be murdered yeah. maybe third, fourth. So, all right. So our very nice, supportive, helpful neighbor. No. I mean, that is that is some commu- community shit right there. Like, these people clearly, the cops don't get called until like they find a, a crime scene. These are yeah. people who just go and break into each other's houses to help each other at the drop of a hat. Because so. they've known each other for so long. Exactly. Also, they it's always, like, it's like, yeah. they've known each other for 30 years. This is what yeah. we do. Yeah. yeah. So she gets to the entrance of the kitchen and she sees something. Looks like a ghost. Ragged, 
demonic looking, doesn't Ooh. look quite human, tattered rags, long spindly limbs and yellowed no, eyes. Thank spindly you. limbs? No. No. Thank you. Long limbs and yellow eyes? Yep. Fuck no. Nah. She screams, obviously. <laughs> Because yeah. I'd like to be like, yeah, I'd be really cool in this situation. No, no, no. 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 This is a jaundiced noodle man. You can't. Yeah. Nobody on earth. No, no. <laughs> so she screamed. Apparition went, bye. Just oh, peace. Disappeared. Okay, you're not cool with this. Yeah. And <laughs> was nowhere to be found when the cops showed up. No shit. I mean, of course. But this time... Rather than quote leave her mother leave his mother at the mercy of a demon, oh my god, god. Mrs. Peter's son demanded that she move in with him until something is done about what's happening at the house. I mean, yeah, he's that's... like, no, 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 you're not staying at a house where there's a demon. You're coming with me. I, instead of being like, woman, you're crazy. Yeah, <laughs> he's just Which... like, no, you know what? It's because there's two different people who've seen this shit. Yep. No. In the 40s, we dismiss women. So yeah. I appreciate that this human being was like, you're going to live with me. I can't. I can't. So they were like, all right, there's a house across the street that's empty right now. So the police are going to do a, a fucking like watching from that house. Yeah, they're doing a stakeout the from the opposite house for a demon. with binoculars <laughs> looking for a demon. Well, they believe it's a person, I'm sure. Well, they're like, well, it's of- fine. So no, they're, they're watching. On the, like, they're just on a demon. Yeah, stake. they're on a demon stake. Yeah. They only lasted a few weeks. <laughs> that is so long. Are a you few weeks. Me? A few weeks. <laughs> this is like a probably moderately wealthy white woman. So there, there's nothing else going on. It's Denver. Yeah, they're literally looking for one demon. Yeah, and nothing it's else. Denver <laughs> in the forties. It's nineteen forty-one. Pearl Harbor hasn't happened yet. Oh, the world is so. <laughs> the world innocent. is still okay. <laughs> We're pretending World War right. II isn't happening. <laughs> so nothing. After a few weeks, nothing happens. So they're like, "Fuck it, okay, nah." <laughs> now it's fine. It's probably fine. Two cops by July thirtieth, nineteen forty-two. So it's nineteen forty-two now. Oh yeah. Okay. So they've been a year. working on this. Yeah. For a bit. They sent out. They went for like just a routine check of the house. Like it's still on the cops' radar. <laughs> I'm like, house. I guess we'll, well they go check nothing. out the ghost house. Also, okay. I definitely just got flicked in the face. <gasps> Whoa! What's so, that? Right here. Just so, like thank you. Yeah. yeah. It was just like boop. That's rude. <laughs> so being rude. I mostly okay. am. I'm mostly just mad that he's only bothering. I know you because we're the ones being assholes right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. We are being assholes. Yeah. yeah, you are. You know what? He's probably an asshole. So two cops were like, we're going to do a routine check of the house. And they watched the mailman drop off some mail at the mailbox. And they just happened to see some movement at the living room window with a flash of a face between the curtains. No, that's too much. No, 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 no. So they rushed across the street and they're like, all right, it's fine. We're going to kick open the door. We're going to fucking go in. So, I mean, it's the 1940s. Dust accumulates faster. <laughs> so it's just a dustier it's just a time. Dusty ass saying. house. Everyone's just all dusty in the Wait, when was the dust? It's ball? described as a as caked in a thick layer of dust, kicking up clouds with every step. Where would it be coming from? Right. Dust doesn't just come from nowhere. Right. So they're like, nothing happens, nothing happens, and then they hear a click of a latch on the second floor. No, thank you. <laughs> 
Actually, no, I, I disagree. So the officers <laughs> ran upstairs to the source of the sound, which was a closet thing. door at the no. end of the hall. Don't open it. No, 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 no. Well, no. he so opened it, though. Well, <laughs> one of them did swing it open, and they spotted a pair of bony feet dangling from the ceiling. No! Emily. What? The- why in my eyeballs? No. Yes. Uh, Detective Roy Bloxham leapt into the cupboard. Leapt. <laughs> <laughs> and reached through the hole in the roof, snatching a scrap of cloth from the tattered trousers of the figure. <laughs> you should have been telling that entire story. I know. Story that I way. really should have. Are you kidding me? I should have been doing it. Over. Yeah. <laughs> I should have been doing a New England accent the whole time. It's it's 1940. It's 1940. They caught a hold of his ankle. You're very Southern about your mid-Atlantic accent. I am. I I love it. I've never been good at a mid-Atlantic. My family's from the South. (laughs) All right. And then. And then. And then. He was able to wrench it back. Through the passageway. Oh, no. Oh, no. So he no, t- no, no. Wait, what? So he grabbed the ankle. What? And was like, yoink. What? I thought he only got cloth. So uh-uh. he grabs a whole ass ankle. Yeah. He gets the tattered trousers, pulls it, grabs the ankle, Holy and shit. then has the ankle and pulls a no. whole ass person. Oh, my God. Down. A real man. A real man. A real man. Dubbed the Spider-Man of Denver. With the yellow eyes mm-hmm. and lanky limbs. Mm-hmm. In the struggle, the ghost man had been knocked unconscious. He was a man. He was just a bony guy. Very much guy. a guy. Was he John? Was he jaundiced? Oh, was yeah. He's ill. He's uh-huh. clearly malnourished and jaundiced. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. That's yeah. awful. Yeah. The poor man. Yeah. Right? So they described him as looking as close to the living dead as any man can be. Wow. Starved and ragged with long wild hair and a filthy beard. So thin that jagged bones poked through the pale white skin all over his body and the clothes on his back rotting away. How is he alive? That's a great fucking question. So they waited for the ambulance. One of the men, uh, one of the officers poked their head through the ceiling in the little hole that like was there. Like you do. The and way one does. He, it was like all he could fit through the tiny opening was just like his head. His shoulders would not go. <laughs> so the cops tried to open it, but it was jammed shut to like get the rest of the hatch and not just like this hole that was there. Oh my God. So they like finally were able to like look through and it was just 27 inches high and 57 inches wide. Wow. So that is tiny emaciated a very small a very small and by the looks of it he had been living there for some time like several years no like months okay months months an ironing Um, board was laid out on the floor as a makeshift bed with filth encrusted bedding and old magazines um spider webs hung thick around the single dim bulb illuminating the space and it was real stinky I bet. I mean, he yeah. was doing all the things up this, there. Yeah. This man's also just decaying. Yeah. yeah still being dying. alive. He's yeah. dying. He's dying. The reason he got the nickname is because of the size of the space. And Detective Fred Zarnwow 
Wow. Wow. Said the <laughs> crawl space abode would be a man would have to be a spider to stand in it long up there. So this man. Yeah, this man literally learned to be a spider. Oh. So he was also the first person to fully enter the attic because he was the smallest built of the officers at the precinct. So he climbed up there and ended up vomiting from the stench. Oh, God, I bet. And up there, he found a stock of canned foods, a homemade radio, and a power outlet that had been rerouted from the house's main supply. A homemade radio? Yeah. Like, this man does not know nothing. No. He rerouted power from the house. Like, a regular person would be dead. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This man... I, I ooh. yeah, I do appreciate this article because they did call him the murderous attic goblin. <laughs> what? <laughs> I do love that. I do love that. Yeah. Um. So, uh, the Spider-Man was born in 1882, <laughs> named Theodore Edward Conies, who had lost his father at five years old. And then his mother moved him around several times before settling down in Denver. He was friends with Mr. Peters. Like, they had met, like, when Peters was in his 20s. So they'd known each other for a very long time. They had known each other for a very long time. And Peters had been a very nice man and was like, hey, just let me know if you ever need a place to stay. But Coney's had stopped by when Peters wasn't there. So he just kind of broke in and decided, I'll live here yeah. now. Found the closet no. and was like, no, this is it. This is, I'm just, you know what? I'm just going to stay here because the door had been unlocked. So he let himself in. Lock your fucking door. <laughs> he intended only to steal some food and money. But then like as he wandered around, he figured out that there was a spot that like he could stay. And like when he started this, he was in his 60s. His health was not great. He'd been pretty homeless and was like one more winter. He lived a really hard yeah, life. One more winter outside is going to kill me. Yeah. Looked at how much space this house had. I was like, you know what? This is great. I'm just going to find a nice little spot to rest my head. And yeah. he, he did go unknown. Right. For a long time. Yeah. There was just one problem. Uh-huh. Uh, so a quote from Coney's. Whenever I heard him downstairs, I kept real still. Then I got bolder and used to shadow him from room to room. It was sort of a game. It gave me a thrill. It was the first time in my life I'd ever had anyone at my mercy, but I didn't want to hurt him. Unfortunately, that's exactly what he did. Yeah. I was going to say, the murder we talked about way at the beginning. He he killed Mr. Peters because he had thought that Mr. Peters was gone. But he wasn't, so he'd come out of his little attic crawl space and was caught at the refrigerator. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, obviously, like, Mr. Peters saw this disheveled skeleton of a man, unrecognizable going through his refrigerator. Not even his friend. No. He would never have Swung at him with his cane, and it shit went down. Shit went wow. badly down. This is wow. a, at this point a mentally ill man, of course, yes. who has decided that yes, I could live in somebody's attic, and then <laughs> and then decided 
upon seeing his friend, a person who told him, I would absolutely open my home to you if you needed a place to stay, he, he decided that the best course of action was to kill him. To kill explaining his himself. friend. Yeah. And uh, 37 yeah. strikes in total. Oh, oh God. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So wow. after the murder, Coney's cleaned his murder weapon, which he used a few. Uh, there was an iron per- iron poker from the side of the stove because, like, there had been a clamor for a gun, and then the gun broke because he used it as a bludgeoning weapon, and then he grabbed the poker from the stove, which is what he then ultimately murdered Mr. Peters with, cleaned it, and then went back into his little attic. Gross. And he said he was sitting on top of the hatch when the cops tried to open it, when they were, like, exploring the house. So it was. So too, he was weighing it down. Too heavy to yeah. open. Yeah. Okay. And at this point, though, he's probably wasn't doing well before, but now the people who lived in the house are, at least for a bit there, there was a gap where no one was right. there. Right. So he's starving. Right. And then there's like a one woman and a, like a housekeeper, and like I just imagine there's less time for him to come around. Yeah. And steal food. So he's just getting worse and worse and more emaciated and more gross. That's Sorry. a super sad existence. <laughs> One moment. We're going to stop for an Emily check. I'm really great that, like, it's fine. We're almost done, which is fantastic. I'm at an eight. <laughs> uh, so, what's, so what's happening? There's pressure, like, right here. So right here is, like, like the base of her yeah. throat. And, like, in the middle of my back... Do you feel like someone's touching you or is it more just like right shoulder? Okay. Is it just a presence there or is someone on you? It's pressure. Just pressure. Yeah. And there's no more than that. No. Okay. So, yeah. He obviously was not allowed to walk the street anymore. Yeah, he hasn't walked the street in a long time. No. And that should continue. And I continue. believe he passed away in prison. So... I guess, yeah, he was you 60 know. when he started Yeah, he was 67 this. when he was caught. Oh, no, 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 I lied. I'm sorry. Um, He passed away in 1967. Oh. Oh. So probably in his 80s to 90s when he okay. passed. Yeah, that's old for especially yeah. then. That's yeah. old for now. So. so, you know, if you hear a creak happening in your attic this is honestly to bring it the fuck back around uh-huh. when this one our good friend michelle said yes. hey i heard these things in my attic um i did send a message saying i need you to go up there and look <laughs> because it is in my own thought it is occam's razor much more likely that there's a human in your attic yeah. mm-hmm. then that there is a ghost who has been able to manifest itself in such a way that it could make those noises and that freaked me out a lot I was like there's somebody in Shell's attic <laughs> and no one's gonna check it out because either no one believes her or she thinks it's a ghost I volunteer Someone... to come over and look in the attic <laughs> <laughs> I want to be true for to you I never did come up here because I was like <laughs> I could have. There could have been a bro up here you know, the whole time, Michelle. Look, so I thing. knew all of these windows were locked. Uh-huh. Um, the only way to get into the attic from inside the house is through our bedroom, which if there were, if someone came into our house, 
no matter which entrance they came into, the back door or the front door, our dogs would hear it immediately and wake us up. So. Understandable. I still <laughs> would have come up here with a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have made Nick Peterson make me a baseball bat. We have a Nick Peterson baseball bat there in this go. house. That's the one you bring up. And then <laughs> you just make sure. Because again, that is very, it's true. You're right. It's really difficult for someone to get into this house. Yeah. But is it more difficult for a man to get into this house than for a, just a, just a, just a ghost to manifest steps? No, it's, you're to correct. To me, those correct. are like, I it don't is, know, man. As a one logical hard, thinking person, no, as a logical thinking person who doesn't really have, ex, like, I don't have any of the, the things that Emily has. It's it's more likely that, yes, if I hear something up here, it's more likely going to be a person. But I didn't want to come up here and see a person. So I, was just, <laughs> I did I did what I do for every important thing in my life. I put it on the back burner <laughs> and I just, just let it ride. I did done shelve it. Okay. And I then I walked away from the shelf. Yes. Question for you both. Yes. yes. Are either of you cold? No. No. I always run very hot. Yes, you do. In fact, the fact that like we have to turn off every fan in your house, which is nine of them, yes. to start recording, yeah. means you, you run hard. hot. Yeah, your skin is cold. Yeah. So, tonight you've heard a couple of stories, one of which legitimately spooky. That is super mm. creepy. I hated it. Thank you so much, Emily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For that one. Hey, legitimate, actual, non-shitty um, thanks <laughs> to Michelle. You are welcome. Uh, this was um, this was a lot of fun to do this in this room. It was. I, it makes sure. me want to come back to this room. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Next, yeah. No. Next Halloween. We'll think about it. We'll, it's a year. It's a it's year. It's a whole year. Maybe it'll be a t- completely what different ghost in a year. Are you <laughs> and thank you, the listener, so much for coming along on this ride with us for our Halloween episode, maybe our like fourth Halloween fucking episode yeah. of this goddamned Woo! podcast. I know, it's crazy. Um, we are fast approaching episode 100, so thank you guys so much. End of the year. For being with us. It's episode 95, by Holy shit balls. Yeah. I hope that you are a lot like Brian, and I hope that you are a good amount like the many people who seem to have survived and just gotten the fuck out of the house when they saw a creepy demon type thing. Yeah. A a, a non-human who turned out to be human. Just go out the front door, not upstairs. Just go out the front door. Just go. Actually, that's a really good uh, advice. When something happens in a house, just always go out the front door. Not upstairs. Do not run upstairs, white people. Leave... (laughs) The fucking house. Leave the fucking house. And whatever you do, do not forget your can of... Beans. Beans. (laughs) (laughs) On this one, we're beans. We're beans. You know what? Don't waste away. Your guy needed a can of beans. (laughs) I love beans. Happy Halloween, everyone. Let's do our best creepy laugh. I knew it was going to devolve into that, so I didn't laugh.